0: Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. Yes, we had our usual opening music, the Stooges, I Gotta Write, had a little extra today. We had... A song called No God by the Germs, and you will find why that is appropriate to today's show. And we also had a little bit there from the Ike Riley assassination, uh, just because I like it. And um, yes, okay, this is our new time slot. As you know, my regular listeners, if you've found us at our new slot, we were on Thursdays at 4 to 5, and now we are on fi- uh, Fridays, 5 to 6 p.m., like this slot, it's uh, been, been on this slot before, it's always good. It's uh, 5.06 on the clock right now, and it is our January 11th, 2008 edition of the show. And I've got a qu- couple quick reminders before we get into this here. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, that's RGLarson at KUCI.org. You can also catch me on MySpace. That's MySpace.com slash OutTheRabbitHole. Do you ever just feel really annoyed that we're still so saturated in 21st century America with religious superstition, fundamentalists, lunacy, creepy Christians, theists in general? Or are you one of those believers? You may want to get some help from the Rational Response Squad at rationalresponders.com. My special guest today is here to help. She is Kelly O'Connor, and she is of the Rational Response Squad. Kelly, uh, got you hooked up on the board here?
1: Yep, all good.
0: All right, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. So, uh, yes, let's start off with just tell us uh, what is the uh, Rational Response Squad, and how did you get started?
1: Um, Well, uh, the Rational Response Squad is a group of people who kind of got together. Um, Actually, in response to another person who used to um, be one of the bigger um, atheist podcasts and websites out there, and really in order just to help him out, uh, he was starting this new uh, venture where he wanted to have like a 24-7 live stream. So, two of my partners, Brian and Rook Hawkins, Brian Sapien and Rook Hawkins, got together and said, oh, hey, you know, I mean, we'll we'll do this and, you know, help out and whatever. And, uh, you know, they took uh, another guy on to be like the science expert, Rook's uh, history kind of guy, classic history, you know, studies, biblical history and, you know, ancient Greek history and all that kind of, you know, super intellectual stuff. And um, I came on board a couple months later, and uh, I, you know, technically am the psychology and philosophy person, but, I mean, we're all kind of well-rounded, so whatever. But, I mean, it's really turned into a thing where we can't even really say who the Rational Response Squad is, because it would depend on, you know, what you mean by that, you know? (laughs)
2: Like,
1: does it include all of our members? Does it include our volunteers? Does it include you know, just people who support us, you know, who knows. But um, essentially what we want to do is, you know, encourage people to use critical thinking in all areas of their life. And we have actually, uh, you can see on our website, uh, rationalresponders.com, on the left-hand side there's a little link that says Irrational Precepts. And in there we've got, like, the list of things that we consider to be the um, most irrational ideas on the planet, and uh, they're, in fact, so irrational that they should be eradicated from the face of the Earth.
0: <laughs> well, give us a <laughs> couple of those. religion is,
1: like, number one.
0: <laughs> okay, just religion in general. Yeah, yeah, just you're saying all religion, all religious belief, anything that's based on, on faith that, that that's not based on, on rational, objective observation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, essentially, we don't, We don't feel that anybody should base their decisions on faith. And, in fact, not just that they shouldn't, but that people actually don't. In your everyday life, you don't base your decisions on faith. You know, you don't marry somebody because you have faith. Like, no evidence. I mean, the definition of faith is a belief for which there is no evidence. You don't marry people. on on the faith that you're going to get along. You marry it on experience. You marry them on the experience, you know. You don't go out and, you know, take a job or buy something, you know, just purely based on faith. Zero evidence that it's a good fit for you and that it's going to work out, that you're going to get paid enough. Nobody operates that way except in regard to, I mean, a very limited number of concepts and ideas that people have and so uh you know we really want to help them get out of that
0: <laughs> now what about is somebody is uh something where there is no way to have any evidence and it's just like i don't know maybe uh uh picking numbers for a lottery and, and you just say oh i'm picking these numbers you, you have no, no, there's no evidence that those are going to come up you just have some faith or some hope that they will i mean is that yeah you know, what, what are your well, response to that
1: I mean, that, that would be a different situation. I mean, anytime time, like, if you're talking about, like, the lottery or, you know, like, gambling, for instance, you know that somebody will win.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're not, it's not really based on faith. You don't buy a lottery ticket having faith that you're going to win. You hope that you'll win, and you know <laughs> that eventually somebody will win. And that's based on the fact that you've seen other people win lotteries before. Mm -hmm. You know, on the other hand, if somebody comes up to you and tells you that they've got a bridge in New York that they want to sell you, um, well, we really don't have any evidence that that's ever occurred, and so that would be something purely based on faith, just on what this one person told you is true. And if you do no research and agree to it, then you deserve to lose your life savings.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what about say in, in a I don't know, uh, maybe you're you're in a m- military situation. We got all these wars going on around the world, and and you're. Uh, y- trying to escape from an enemy, and you've got two paths to go down, and you have no idea which one is uh, going to be the safe one where you're not going to encounter other enemies. I mean, don't, isn't that a time where a person operates out of faith? I just have faith that this one is going to be the better one.
1: Um, well, no, I, I wouldn't think that people would use faith in that situation either. You would probably, you know, I mean, if you're standing at a crossroads and you're looking down two different paths, and you don't necessarily know where they're going to lead you're still going to go through a kind of analytical process in your mind where you say, well, this one looks like it goes this direction, which is, you know, might be where, you know, like there's a big clip at the end of it, or, you know, you know that there's like, oh, that's a horrible sound. Sorry. You know that there, you know, was an enemy, you know, combat vehicle three weeks ago, or, I mean, just anything. You know, you're going to make that decision, very quickly, obviously, but you're still going to make the decision based on what information you have at the time.
2: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, it's not really based on faith. You're going to think, is there any reason for me to choose A over B? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, I I think sometimes people, I don't know, let's say, you know, we got this presidential campaign coming up and people will uh, look at all the issues of the candidates and some have similar issues, but they just go, ah, I don't know. I, I just have faith that this person's going to do a better job, or they just feel better? Do you, do you think that they're being, that's a wrong thing to do, and that's being irrational?
1: Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if you're just voting for somebody because you have faith, so you have no evidence, like you haven't watched any of the debates, or you haven't paid attention to what any of them have been saying during their campaigns... And you vote for one person over another just based on the faith that they'll do better. Then, yeah, that would be irrational. I mean, that would be.
0: No, I'm not saying just on faith. I'm saying you they're they're very similar on all the issues, but you just have a, a faith. It's just a based on a feeling that the person going to do a better job. I mean, is that wrong when you're you also have already gone through the rational process and and it comes out pretty equal?
1: But if you've already gone through the rational process, and by de- by definition, it's not faith. You know, if, you're, if what you're saying is I'm voting for this person because his views are very similar to mine, then that's not faith. That's an actual reason. That's an actual valid reason to vote for somebody.
0: No, no, I'm saying like you are You look at the two candidates and you've rationally gone over and they both, not similar to you, but they're similar to each other on pretty much every issue. They're about the same. But you say, I don't know, you know, just this guy or this woman, she, you know, just, just a little bit, I have a better feeling about them. I mean, is that okay when once you've already, you know, they come out equal in the rationalization process?
1: Well, I mean, again, like, I think that people might use that, the, the word faith there, you know, kind of colloquially. And it's not really intended to mean true faith because you're basing it on something whether you, I mean, like, you know, like, when you interact with another person or when you see a person on TV or you listen to them speak, you get a kind of feeling about that person. I mean, it could be something very subtle, something that you sense about their personality just from, you know, the way that they interact with other people. It's still going to be some kind of evidence that's going to lead you to make that decision. Some people might say that that's faith, but in reality, it's not faith. It's evidence based on what you've seen of that person's character.
0: There's something so like maybe I said, it's more. I, I
1: just think that's a misuse of the word faith.
0: That it's more like you're picking up subtle cues, and, and uh, those are giving you emotional responses and, yeah. and th- that you've used in the past to be so okay. That that sounds right. Okay, this is out the rabbit hole. KUCI in Irvine. I'm Robert Larson uh, speaking today with uh, Kelly O'Connor. Right.
1: That's me.
2: Yeah,
0: I <laughs> I wanted to say O'Connell. It's O'Connor, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Good, good.
2: Uh, well, you
1: know, I've, I'm known by many different names. You know, Kelly O'Connor, Kelly M. Seventy Eight. You know, Kelly, that redheaded chick, <laughs> that girl with big boobs from the Rational Response Squad. You know, all kinds of stuff.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, and and so they c- can find you at uh, Rational, uh, re- rationalresponders.com. dot com. You also have a MySpace page, right?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've got, I have my own personal MySpace, which is Kelly M78, and then we have the main Rational Response Squad MySpace, which is Rational Response. And um, we we have a ton, we actually have affiliate groups all over the country who also have their own MySpaces. But if you go to either one, like either the main Rational Responders MySpace or my MySpace, you'll see all of them listed in our top friends. So I mean, we're we're taking over the interwebs essentially. <laughs>
0: okay, and so how many uh, you, people uh, would you say are involved, one way or another, at least as uh, you know, go to your website or members in one way or another? Is this thousands or hundreds of thousands? Oh uh, wow, well,
1: I mean, people that go to our website. Yeah. It, I mean, like, I mean, you're ta- yeah, you're talking literally over the course of time. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people. We we get. Uh, you know, an estimate of about four thousand unique visitors a day. And um, but we have we have over ten thousand registered members of our forums, and then we also have, like on YouTube, we've got seven thousand subscribers to our YouTube channel. Uh, my MySpace, we've got twenty-five thousand friends. So I mean, you know, but of course, not all of these people are actually. Friends of us, they just want to keep track of what we 're doing, so you know
0: <laughs> the the opposition opposition, opposition re- yeah research so uh, speaking of opposition we're, when rational uh, responders sort of coalesced w- what were some were there certain issues going on? I mean, I know we have this to me it's a big problem in America with the fundamentalists and their involvement with government where were there certain issues going on that really Got all of you worked up, and that wow, we really need to do this.
1: Um, well, I think that I mean it. Kind, of, I guess it sprung out of a combination of issues. Um, it, at the time that I mean, rational response was really only been around for a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah, almost two years. And um, so, I mean, it's not that there was something really specific going on at that particular moment, but I think that the the increase in um, evangelical Christianity and um, their influence on society, particularly during the Bush administration, um, the war. I mean, all all of these issues kind of came together to cause all of us to get interested in even being involved in any atheist community. And um, we all met each other, like I said, on on a different atheist community website. So... Um, I mean, I would say it was a factor, but it wasn't like you could pinpoint issue and say, like, this is what made us decide to do this.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, uh, just... <laughs> yeah, right. It's just this direction the country has been heading in is, is rather uh, frightening to me, and I, I think that yeah. is yeah, kind of what was... Well, I mean,
1: uh, not just the country, but the whole world. I oh, mean, yes. like I mean, in the United States, I mean, we're dealing with evangelical Christians, but if you look... In you know pretty much any other part of the world, they're not really fighting the the fundamentalist Christians so much as the Muslims are literally taking over europe
2: mm-hmm.
1: um you know, and I hate to tell people this because you know they want they want to accuse you of you know being some kind of alarmist but um the reality is is that once it gets to that point in Europe, like who do you think our friends are going to be <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, who—what who, who, allies do we have, then, when all of Europe is controlled by Muslims? We won't have any. What? And the logical step after that is that we either need to kowtow to their beliefs, or we're next. You know, so, I mean, I think that—I mean, it's, it's really a global problem.
0: Well, what are—do you, you have some numbers on that, on Europe? I mean, you know, I mean, I know uh, people think of Europe as being generally uh, secular, certainly compared to America, because the government are more secular— so what are the numbers of uh, Muslims and their involvement in government policy and that sort of thing?
1: Well, you know, I really don't have any exact statistics. I'm sure that, I mean, they're available on Wikipedia.
2: Mm-hmm. What I
1: do know is that even yesterday I saw a news story about um, what they call no-go zones now in um, Great Britain. And essentially there are areas of the country that are pretty much just overrun with these Muslims who will not tolerate having a woman dressed in normal clothing in their area, who, you know, just want to, I mean, essentially they want to come in and create their own communities and then force others to abide by their rules. Instead of assimilating, and I don't mean assimilating in the sense that you lose your identity, but assimilating to the culture that they're in, which is, you know a kind of culture where you're allowed to have your own beliefs and women are allowed to wear pants. Right. You know? Um, as a matter of fact, I just saw, um, I saw a thing with that. I don't remember if it was a video on YouTube or where I saw it, but they had taken quotes about um, women being raped in, um, you know, these you know, European countries where Muslims are, you know, becoming a bigger, like a force to be reckoned with. Um, and they were talking about how, like, these women deserved to be raped because they were walking around like that, and that if you want to not get raped, then you need to just dress like the Muslim women, even if you're not Muslim. And, you know, I mean, we can look at... Um, wow, my brain just totally <laughs> turns off. Well, no, that's um, I understand but, what
0: you're saying. And and you know we, there was a big case recently in Saudi Arabia of the woman who was raped and then uh, was sentenced to. Uh Prison time and being lashed for uh, not being with a male relative in in public or yeah. some such nonsense. So, I mean, I, I think we as as a uh, country, the United States, should take some blame for this and the fact that we we don't ever uh, sanction governments like that. We send all kinds of aid to Saudi Arabia, and we should just cut them off because we shouldn't uh-huh. tolerate people doing that kind of thing.
1: As much yeah, as much as I agree that that's the you know, morally right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not going to happen. I wouldn't hold your breath that, you know, for us cutting off support to, from Saudi Arabia. Like, <laughs> well, like, I you mean, know, we have as more. As long as we're dependent on their oil, it's not happening. Sorry.
0: Right. But we have more control <laughs> over that than we can just tell the government what to do. You know, I, I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah. But, it, it, you know, yeah, it's the right thing to do. You, you do agree.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, but, I mean, I think the same thing about the Chinese government, you know. I mean, the Chinese government, although, I mean, they're they're progressing very slowly, you know. They're not at least being quite as public with, you know, the way that they treat their citizens. But, um, yeah, I mean, the reason that we don't come out against them is because it's it's all financial, you know. I mean, they're the, like, largest... You know, well the import are first of like tons of cheap goods that nobody here wants to make for ten cents. You know? And well people would make them here if you paid them enough.
0: Yeah, and people would make those things here if you paid them enough. So it's just not, you know. Yeah, like, we
1: won't work for for ten cents a day. That's the problem. Right, <laughs> and,
0: and this just comes another thing that we shouldn't be importing products that are made with uh, slave labor. So, uh, you know, I think it's like we have more control over our own government than we have over anybody else's government. We need to try to change things here. I mean, I don't know what the odds are of us getting a a decent administration in in the, uh, the in November uh, when we vote. But I mean, most of the people running. The two major parties aren 't uh, very uh, good uh, candidates, but um, they couldn't be too much worse than what we have uh,
1: well okay, yeah, I mean I would bank on the fact that they're going to be better than George Bush, <laughs> but I, I mean I would I would go so far as to say that our ability as a populist to control even our own government is an illusion is rhetoric that 's fed to us to make us feel good, but in reality. We have no power. We have, unless you have enough money to pay the lobbyists, to pay off the congressmen and the senators, and get the things that you want done, you don't matter at all. You know?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, like <laughs> you, you
1: can vote, but I mean, I don't know what difference make who you vote for when they when they're they're just. Two sides of the same coin. Both, of, both groups just pander to their base and essentially will, you know, remig on every single thing that they've said during, during their entire campaign if it suits them or if somebody pays them enough money.
0: Mm-hmm. So, do you have any <laughs> uh, good feeling about is or any idea what we could do about that? i mean how,
1: <laughs> I do have ideas, but if I say them on the radio, the next thing I know the you know secret service is me knocking on my door
0: yeah department Department of homeland security and the rest so yeah, of yeah
1: homeland security they' they're, they're going to be here <laughs> so
0: i i 'm getting the feeling uh Kelly, that where you and rational responders maybe are coming from in this regard is that. We have to work at this in in a sort of long term process, and part of, of the problem, and not just religion, but in politics and in everything, is that there is too not enough rationality going on, and not enough honesty, and uh, not enough situations that are not corrupt. But by promoting the idea of rationality and things being done, you know, where we scientifically decipher what the truth is, we we can get away from some of these horrible situations we have now. Is that correct?
1: Yes. um, I mean, that that is definitely our, you know, our overall goal. I mean, we do tend to go after religion, particularly Christianity more so, because it's most prevalent in our society, you know, here in the United States. Um, We feel that, I mean, worldwide, religion has you know, just not now, but all throughout history, caused more violence and bloodshed than any other single factor. Um, But, I mean, as a group, honestly, we really don't get that involved in politics. Um, We've just kind of made the decision to pretty much stay out of that arena Mm -hmm. because, I mean, it is very divisive. And we want to be able to talk to many different types of people, particularly atheists, you know, with religion being our main focus. And we don't want to isolate people who, you know, may be conservative-leaning or, you know, whatever their their issue is. So we, right. re- we, we really don't go into politics that much. But, yeah, we feel like if everybody started living their lives um, using actual reason, you know, empirical evidence and not face, you know, then everything would get better as a result. Our government would be run better because the president of the United States would get laughed out of office if he admitted he was talking to his imaginary friend and asking him for advice on war, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so and we, I, th- we- I think that there are many areas, that every, every aspect of society and civilization would improve as a result.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's, this is a long-term plan you have, and, and most things that really make real progress, do, you know, do take time to to be brought into uh, place. So, uh, yes, this is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. I'm Robert Larson, and I'm speaking today to Kelly O'Connor. And she is with uh, the Rational Response uh, Squad, and they have a website, rationalresponders.com. And uh, they are uh, working hard to bring uh, rationality more to the fore in our uh, discourse in America and the world and uh, to... uh, Question uh, dogma and religious beliefs and faith based uh, notions of reality. And uh, so, Kelly, uh, you guys have made, you know, pretty big splash on the Internet and some, you know, YouTube videos and things. And uh, there was the the debate that I think was a real big thing for you all. And it Uh, was you you and Brian, Brian uh, Sapient, right? Yes. Uh, uh, Versus uh, uh, Kirk Cameron from, uh, what was his TV show? Growing Pains. (laughs) Growing Pains. And who's his uh, sidekick?
1: Ray Comfort.
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, how that came about, who they are and how that came about.
1: Um, Yeah, just let me add something real quick. Um, I had wanted to mention at the beginning of the broadcast, if anybody does happen to actually go to our website, if they click on the link at the top that says Webcam Room, you can actually see me live talking to you right now, and uh, we're also broadcasting your stream through there, so you know. Okay, so, yeah, cool. If anybody's interested. But,
0: that, ration, <laughs> anyway. no, that's good, com, and click.
2: again. Yeah, it
1: says uh, webcam room. It's up at the very top. Can't really miss it, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the debate. Yes. <laughs> the debate that won't die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it was it was an experience, you know, definitely a learning experience. I used the word debate very, very loosely because it really was not a debate. They claimed to be able to prove God scientifically without using faith or the Bible. Right. You know, we had been on a previous segment of Nightline about the Blasphemy Challenge, which was the big campaign we launched on YouTube at the end of 2006. Um, That's really what started getting us a lot of publicity. Um, I mean, it was was hugely popular. At one point in time, was the second most responded to video in the history of YouTube, and one of the most discussed as well. I think right now it's at number. It's still. I mean, a you know, a year and three months later, number eight most responded of all time, and the number eighteenth most discussed of all time. So. Yeah, I mean, people are still talking about it constantly. But, so we were on Nightline for that. Ray saw us on Nightline and sent this, you know, proposal to Nightline that they host a debate between us and that this was their premise. So we didn't go there to prove, like, a counter-premise. You know, we told them from the beginning, like, we will go there and show how they can't do what they say they can. And... So, I mean, technically it wasn't a debate, and if it was a debate, it would have ended about three minutes in when Ray started talking about the Bible, because no real (coughs) debate moderator would have allowed him to continue proselytizing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, It was a discussion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, that was the thing. They they said up front that they weren't going to use the Bible or anything faith-based to prove God, and then they went right into it.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think I think it was at like the three minute mark when that you know he started talking about the Ten Commandments and like, okay, Ray, where the hell do those come from? <laughs> you know, so, the Bible, uh, I think.
0: <laughs> I, well, yeah, I found that the whole thing very entertaining, and I uh, urge people to check it out. And they can, uh, uh, that's on your page, right?
1: Uh, uh, well, no, we don't actually have the entire debate on our page anywhere. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's available. It's Actually, right now, you can go to Ray and Kirk's website, who I hate to even give them a plug. <laughs> but um, the, the the full debate is on their website. But you can also... Huh? Oh, it's on Google Video, the entire debate? Oh, cool. Brian just told me it's on, it's on Google Video as well. And you can still watch it, the full debate, on ABC's website, um, but it 's just in segments there's I think it's split up into six segments, and they 're each separated with a commercial, and that kind of annoys people so
0: well it 's funny i mean they they since they put it on their website, they must obviously think they uh did a good job
1: <laughs> well the the thing about
0: i mean i don 't think yeah, they did, I but mean, I think they I think they just in their weird minds think that well we showed them which they all obviously didn't
1: well no, they didn't at all they didn't but I mean, they admitted afterwards in a press release, you know, after the whole debate was over. Well, first they tried to accuse us of being dishonest and, you know, saying that they had said they weren't going to use the Bible, which is not true at all. I mean, they sent in the thing to Nightline, which we then exposed in a YouTube video all communications that we had had with them prior to the debate, um... So then after that, they claimed that really their goal was just to get up into a national forum, I mean, international even with the website. You know, this was actually the first time that Nightline's ever done anything of that nature where they posted an entire 90-minute debate on their website, and especially for for it to, to last this long. But... Um, I mean, that was part of the reason they wanted us on there, because we got such a huge amount of traffic for them from the Internet.
2: Yeah. Uh, actually,
1: they had, the two shows that we did were their, their top-rated shows since um, Ted Koppel left the network and got them, like, 500 times more traffic than any other story they'd ever done. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess everybody thinks they came out on top.
0: (laughs) Well, I find that in a lot of uh, debates or discussions, and it's like, uh, I don't know, people sort of see what they want to see or hear what they want to hear, and uh, it's uh, kind of, uh, there's an expression, uh, the, um, I don't know, the... the the thinker, no, how does that go? The, the prover proves what the thinker thinks, and people tend to see, you know, what they want to see to make their point, and it's obviously not, not based in reality.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you go in there with a preconceived notion of who's right, mm-hmm. and you don't have an open mind to the opposing side, then you're naturally going to come out thinking that your side won because you only pay attention to what they say. You've gone in there with your mind already made up that this person's right and this other person's wrong. So, you know, again, it all comes down to just being able to use reason and, you know, to step outside of your presuppositions and look at the evidence.
0: Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, again, we're uh, speaking with Kelly O'Connor from Rational Responders, the Rational Response Squad. They have their their website, rationalresponders.com. And, uh, yes, this is Out the Rabbit Hole, and I'm Robert Larson. It's KUCI in Irvine. Uh, Kelly, uh, I think I have this right. Uh, You may even correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe that uh, Sam Harris and other... uh, other atheists out there uh, believe that, that non-fundamentalist religious people are, are also a danger, or as much as, of a danger, as fundamentalists, because they give cover to the fundamentalists. And is that true, and is that something you agree with?
1: Um, yeah, we, we do agree with that. Um, the, yeah, Sam Harris you know, really elaborated on that in his book, The End of Faith. And, I mean, we've also, we've spoken to Sam Harris multiple times. Our video that's going to be coming out this summer, well, it's a movie that's coming out this summer, um, has our most recent meeting with him in it. And, um, yeah, if it wasn't for all of the, the, if the moderate believers didn't exist, okay, we just took them out of the equation, and then all you had left were the extremists then everybody could unanimously come out against religion because they would see that this is what religion is causing. Instead of that happening, what you have is people saying, well, religion doesn't always cause that because look at all of these people who believe and they're, you know, they're not out, you know, blowing people up or, yeah. you know, becoming suicide bombers. Right. And so, I mean, it does. It gives it this, you know, kind of aura of respectability. That it doesn't deserve, you know, I mean, if you're going to talk about statistics, you know, to prove causality is almost impossible. All you can do is say that there's a high, you know, positive correlation between X and Y. -hmm. And so, for anybody to really frame it in that way, like, well, religion causes violence, a better way to say it would be that there's a high correlation between people who are religious causing violence. And instead, what we have is this, you know, like, all everybody in society, because it's totally taboo to criticize anybody's religion, you know, coming out and saying, well, not everybody's like that, and you people are just as dogmatic as, you know, any religious person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, in, instead of, you know, really, like, framing the question differently and realizing that, you know, there are no atheist suicide bombers.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know? So... It might not be like, you can smoke your whole life and never get lung cancer, but you can't deny the fact that there's a, you know, positive correlation between smoking and lung cancer.
0: Yeah, you know? but now there are there are atheists, though, that, that have done horrible things. It's not, you know, it's not a black and white sort of thing, I mean, and you can look at I don't know what uh, some of these uh, yeah, co- Stalin
1: and yeah, Poltod, right, right. Yeah, right. you know, I, that, yeah, that's that, that's the other favorite argument that they love to use. Um, yeah, see, the difference there is that Stalin did not want to eradicate religion because he thought it was going to be good for the people. He wanted to eradicate religion because if you have no higher power, no higher authority to account to then the government becomes the absolute arbiter Mm -hmm. of right and wrong. And his goal was to gain power for himself. His goal had nothing to do with the promotion of atheism as any kind of, you know, worldview or stance or any kind of, like, humanitarian vision. It was all about him being able to take all of the power that you know, religion in the Church would have held in those people's lives. And
0: well, but okay, what like, about... was he
1: an atheist? Yeah, but he wasn't doing it for the cause of atheism. He was doing it for the cause of greediness and, you know, a desire to be the most powerful per- person. Yeah,
0: you no, know? I'm not talking about Stalin, though. I'm talking mm-hmm. about his foot soldiers, the people who did the, the killing and the torturing and everything else uh what you know they were not you know many of them i assume were atheists and, and so you know what i'm saying that doesn't mean that you know going towards atheism is necessarily going to keep you free and clear of of irrational behavior and horrible oh, no, no, no yeah.
1: definitely not but they were a dogmatic adherence to their religion which was worship of the state
0: Okay, so there you go, so I mean I think yeah the problem is is dogmatism and and it can be you can be dogmatic about a what we think of as a religion or something we think of as a political ideology and and it's just like it's the, the dogmatism's the problem
1: yeah certainly certainly yeah.
0: so um now uh l- let me see what where else did I want to go with this uh, what I wanted to ask you about um Have you ever, uh, your involvement with uh, Rational Responders ever gotten you in uh, trouble in your community or at your job or, you know, anything like that?
1: (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) I guess it depends on what you mean by trouble.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, people discriminating against you in one way or another because, oh, she's a nasty atheist or something like that.
1: um, I'm not going to really delve into this too much. I'll just say that my involvement with the RRS has impacted my um, divorce and subsequent custody battle. Um, but it, like, as far as my um, other job goes, <laughs> yeah, um, it, it 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 definitely comes up. Um, I think I had every girl that I work with pissed off at me for telling them all that they were completely irrational and god wanted to send them all to hell one night in the dressing room (laughs)
2: um
1: (laughs) but there's really not any trouble to get into in the you know particular field that i work in
0: okay well that's a good thing that's a good thing sorry that it's having an adverse effect on your uh custody battle and that's a a tragic thing that that would even be an issue and um i'm sure at some point in the future you may want to talk more about that and uh (laughs) Um, Well, yeah,
1: I just don't, you know, because, I mean, it's something that's ongoing. No,
0: no, I I completely... for me to talk
1: about it from a personal perspective, you know, is different. But what I can say is Mm -hmm. that there... I mean, I'm not an isolated case. Um, Eugene Volokh, who is um, a law professor at UCLA, I think, um, he has actually written uh, a paper where, I mean, he documented at least, um, like, almost 80 cases of discrimination against atheists in court for no reason other than the fact that they were atheists. And, you know, not even necessarily atheists, but just not, you know, attending church.
0: Agnostics, or, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, I I mean, that right there is a clear violation of, you know, the first amendment and you know our you know the separation of church and state to have a government official mandating you to either take your kids to church or lose them you know so i mean what we would like to do in the future is you know i mean potentially even start like a, a foundation for you know people who are being discriminated against in custody cases and get you know a database of stories, hopefully raise money for them, maybe even get a legal team, you know, um, whatever we can do to help out in that area, because, I mean, I mean that's, that, that's just an egregious violation of everything that we're supposed to stand for here in America.
0: Well, I agree with that, and let's, uh, yes, let's let's get something like that going. Uh, This is out the rabbit hole, KUCI in Irvine, Robert Larson speaking today with Kelly O'Connor. She is from the Rational Response Squad, and you can uh, check out all of their stuff at rationalresponders.com. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Kelly, was um, I've talked to researchers who have worked with Shamanic cultures who use psychedelic plants in their ceremonies, and they report that when these people talk about their spiritual experiences, it's not about faith; it's about direct experience. That, in other words, they they ingest th- this compound, and uh, they will talk to these entities, and these entities will give them you know, useful and valid information. Often, it w- would it be incorrect to say that? this is a uh, religious or spiritual tradition that is rational. I mean, because when they do this, they say, you know, you do A and B happens, and they can demonstrate this to you and say, here, you know, you do take this compound, you're going to meet with these uh, ancestor spirits, and invariably it happens, and these they actually get useful information. So, yeah, my, I guess my question is, yeah, is that not rational to that type of religious experience? Um.
1: Well, first of all, um, I think there's two aspects to that. Lots of people have talked to God on LSD, too.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
1: um, I, ultimately, it's a, a neuropsychological phenomenon. And as a matter of fact, there have been a lot of really good studies done by neuropsychologists and researchers. I mean, particularly Andrew Newberg, who's here in Philadelphia at Penn, um about the different parts of the brain that are stimulated when one feels a certain religious experience. They've studied nuns, they've studied Buddhist monks, they've studied atheists, um, to see exactly what it is. There's another doctor, Michael Persinger, who uses electro like an essentially it's an electromagnetic stimulation helmet
2: mm-hmm.
1: that will stimulate certain parts of your brain. And people who believe that they can communicate with God interpret that experience that way. So it's a combination of what you're going into with your preconceived notion of, you know, that particular experience. You know, the kind of separation from yourself where you kind of become one with this larger thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And um your I mean, obviously your susceptibility to it as well. Not all people are susceptible to that same stimulation. You know, pe- it's, people have differing levels of activity in their, you know, temporoparietal lobes, and therefore not everybody is going to have the same experience, just like not everybody has the same experience on one particular drug because our brains are all different. You know, our neurochemistry is different, our, you know, Neuronal networking is different, and it, you're not going to be able to get something that's blanket across the board. But I mean, essentially, what I would say is like all of the shamans and you know people who think that you know eating peyote causes them to communicate with God are really just experiencing the effects of peyote on the brain and interpreting it through the lens that they're communicating with God.
0: Yeah, well, I'm talking about some researchers, or they they are not saying, they, they've done these, experienced these things themselves, and say, you know, I'm not interpreting this as God or or anything in particular, but I am interpreting this as that I can use this substance and, and uh, get um, uh, a contact with something. It may be just a part of my brain, it may not be, but it, there's information that that I can get there that's valid, in that um, the they have uh, I'm speaking specifically of people who use ayahuasca in the South American rituals and people that use uh, I, uh, the the iboga plant in in these African rituals. In, in these, it, it's it's very interesting the, the information that they are able to get and stuff that is uh, um, out information from the past that is valid information that they would not have access to otherwise. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying this, this means that there is a God or a higher being or, or even any spiritual type beings at all, but it, it's a very, uh, fruitful area to be researching. And it also seems to, um, kind of coincide with things from, from quantum physics where the, the notions of, 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 uh, non-locality and, and, uh, causality being uh, questioned as far as the Newtonian sense. You you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, yeah, I understand what you're saying, and I agree that it's a fascinating field, but I think that it's fascinating insofar as it helps us to understand more about the um, capabilities of the human brain. I do not think that there's any communication between any two entities going on. I just think that people are on drugs, and they just interpret things differently, you know? And and I think that, that that's possible on, you know, multiple drugs. I mean, you can drink two bottles of Robitussin and have a religious experience. So um, I don't think that that really gives any credence to, you know, any kind of supernatural event occurring. Um, if they're coming up with information from the past that, you know, you're claiming they couldn't have had access to, well, then how do we know that it's really accurate information from the past? Obviously, somebody has access to it. People pick up information every day kind of almost subconsciously. You don't even realize that it's seeping into your brain, but it is, just because you're surrounded by it in our society. So... um,
0: well i I would suggest that you, you uh, read a little bit more of that literature of the people who've actually gone out into the field and actually have taken the substances, people who are not from the cultures and they've uh people who've gone in with sort of a notion that this is all nonsense and come out of it that uh, this is something's going on here that that uh, consciousness is way bigger and may, way more weird than we have mm. imagined.
1: Well, I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that's possible. I just think that at this point in time, to to make a statement like, you know, X substance causes, you know, Y result, would be presumptuous. I don't think that. I mean, there. I mean, haven't been any like standardized controlled tests done on well, this. No, you know, it's, actually, there have. Well, I mean, you're talking about anthropologists. No, 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 I'm talking about... ...and and studying it with the people. I mean, you have to also look at the way that people operate in large groups. Um, Mass hallucination is not uncommon, especially if you're whipping the group up into a frenzy. Like, let's take a look at the way that, you know, the Native people's ritual may go. You know, they they might be, like, playing drums, sitting around a fire. There might be dancing. There could be something in the atmosphere that kind of gets these people whipped up into a frenzy. It's that whole mob mentality.
2: Oh, no, that's a real who wouldn't thing. who not normally yeah.
1: do a certain thing do do it just because of the environment that they're in.
0: No, that's a very real thing. But, no, actually there have been uh, double-blind controlled studies done in laboratories of substances like this. Uh, Dr. Rick Strassman, who actually had government funding to do this uh, with the substance DMT, which is the active ingredient in...
1: Sextromethorphan, in, yeah. Yeah. Talking no, about the Robitussin.
0: <laughs> no, 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 dimethyltryptamine. Uh, and which is uh, he uh did you know double blind control study, and some people were given a uh, placebo and some people were given the actual substance and you know he didn't tell them you know what they were going to see he asked them afterwards and it's very fascinating, but it's just something from something for you to look at and to consider and uh uh I think would help you and your arguments as far as for for rationality but yeah uh, well
1: i mean i mean certainly like i i'm you know my major i'm actually actually neuropsychology major, so you know. Any any study that deals with how, you know, the brain operates and how things affect the brain is, is interesting and relevant to me. Um, I just would hesitate to say that there's anything beyond just normal brain stimulation occurring. You know, I mean, if you're taking a drug that just happens to stimulate a certain area of your brain, then you're, you know, going to potentially feel something akin to a spiritual experience. That doesn't mean that it is spiritual, you know what I mean? schizophrenic people experience things all the time it doesn 't make them true
0: well right but it doesn't uh we're, i I would just argue that yeah it doesn't ar- doesn't mean that there's something spiritual going on, but I would just say that we are making weird Radical uh, presumptions when we think that we really understand consciousness. That consciousness is is very poorly understood. I mean, we've made some gains, yeah, in the last thousand, two thousand years, but there's still much about consciousness that we do not understand.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, definitely, I'm with you on that one. Um, but at the same, I mean, at the same time, I would. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I would say that like quantum physics. And quantum mechanics has been absolutely raped and molested by crap like uh, what the belief do we know and the secret and that makes me angry it 's like they take a kernel of truth and then bury it under a pile of crap <laughs> um,
0: now, I agree with that, but there, but you have to agree that there are some of the interpretations of quantum mechanics that are accepted by. Uh, some physicists that are very, very weird and that they yes, do. Yes,
1: Defin- definitely very weird. But um, at the same time, I just think it's really important that people take this information with a grain of salt, um, look at enough different sources and, and different, you know, concepts and ideas and studies, and then formulate an opinion, you know. Um
0: now, now I Completely agree with you. You (laughs) (laughs) We have no argument with me there. Um, Kelly, we're just about out of time here, and this has been a fascinating discussion. I've really enjoyed this, and so I want to give you an opportunity here for, you know, give you about another minute to just, uh, you know, give out any information you want to, any contact information, give the web address again, or uh, any, you know, kind of closing comment you want to make.
1: Okay, um, well, uh, yeah, our our main website, again, is... uh www.rationalresponders.com I mean of course anybody can search us in a Google engine Rational Response Squad Rational Responders whatever and find about 10 gazillion different things we're all over the place our YouTube account would be uh, Rational Response our MySpace is also Rational Response Um, and yeah I don't know I mean just Use your brains, people. Dogma think rationally. Dogma <laughs> <must die. laughs> See Brian. What's in Brian in the saying? background there? What's he saying?
0: <laughs> you say mm-hmm? it again, Brian.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, Brian, my partner. Brian. Dogma, must dogma, <laughs> must
0: <die. laughs> dogma must die. Dogma must die. Dogma must die. Dogma must die. Well, Kelly, uh, maybe we can have you on the show again with Brian, and we can do it. Uh, you know, maybe get somebody opposition, and we'll have a real uh, fun time.
1: Oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Ray comforts in here. You. you want to call him up? We've got a chat. We actually have a specific challenge for him.
0: Okay, that that sounds like a good idea. I, I, let's try to set that up if you're game for it, okay? Cool beans. <laughs> okay, Kelly, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, bye now. Bye. Okay, yes, that's uh uh that is uh Kelly O'Connor of the Rational Response Squad and their website rationalresponders. So, yes, I I quite enjoyed that. This is our new time here for Out the Rabbit Hole, 5 to 6 p.m. on Fridays. I'm enjoying this, and hope you all are, too. And I'll be back here uh, next Friday and every Friday after that. And uh, Greg still uh, has the beatdown coming up at 6, as he's been doing all along. That's always a fun show, so stay tuned for that. Again, you can uh, reach me at rglarson at KUCI.org. You can also catch me on MySpace. That's myspace.com slash out the rabbit hole and i'll also remind you that the opinions that the opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the kuci staff or management or the uc board of regents so i'm going to close out here with a little bit more from the ike riley assassination